Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, the Thursday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast rolls on, where I'm now joined by Fightful Zone, Fightful Superstar, the Distraction Superstar, the number one on that very podcast YouTube show, whatever you want to call it, with Jeremy Lambert and Joe Holbert. So go check that out, folks, if you're not already. But it's Robert O'Neill. Robert, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? It's been a minute. We made it work. Uh, you're a busy <laughs> guy. Like you've you've blown up into a pro wrestling superstar, uh, fan superstar. Like you're yeah, everyone's checking out your tweets, checking out your appearances with Jeremy and Joe, friends of the pod. Uh, you're a, you're a hard man to book these days. Yeah, no, I'm glad we made it work though. You know, I always like coming on here and uh, talking to you, man. You do you think you're getting more booking requests than Austin Aries this week? Yes, almost certainly. <laughs> um, it's man, that's a bummer. Like he he was like one of my favorite wrestlers to watch for a really long time. He I, I was arguing with people like he was my. I have a very strong TJP take, Robert. I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast before, have we? I think we have. I think you said that TJP is like one of your favorite wrestlers, if not your favorite. Yeah, TJP is the, I will still go to bat as the best in-ring performer in professional wrestling today. I, I don't think anyone has oh, well. as good of a uh, pro wrestling mind as, as TJP. I, I really don't. Any TJP match I will watch from start to finish. He, he's just, he's so good in-ring. Um, but that's just the kind of kind of style that I, that I enjoy. Um, but Aries was kind of like that 10 years ago now, and... I don't know. It's just that stuff. It's just kind of a bummer because it, it, it ended and it fell very, very quickly. And um, still just uh, he was a really great worker when he was doing all that. But anyway, I'm rambling. Uh, Robert O'Neill, did you know that Tommy N slash Malachi Black debuted on AW Dynamite or Road Rager, whichever you want to call it last night? I did. Uh, that was exciting. You know, I was watching it. I started watching again. I couldn't get into the Friday night shows because, you know, I watched SmackDown yeah. and then it's just like I'm ready to just be done with wrestling for the week. But mm-hmm. yeah, that Saturday night show got me back last week. And then the past two Wednesday night shows have been very good. So I'm glad I tuned in last night. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. You know, I, I like uh, I don't love the name Malachi Black, but it's a wrestling name. Be used to it in two weeks and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um for him to come in and work Cody, but I think it's going to be good. Um, it's a fresh start for him, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I like that it went with Cody because I wrote about this at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com, so go check that out if you've not already about last night's show. But I was amazed at how bad the opener was and like how bad of a look it was. Like, this is what you brought. Like, QT Marshall was just in too big of a spot. Would you agree? Yeah, that that feud, man, they went so long with it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, good for QT Marshall. He's a good trainer. You know, he's doing good stuff with the Nightmare Factory. Yeah. But he doesn't need to be having, you know, 10 or 15 minute matches on a near weekly basis. He doesn't need to be on TV, like on these shows and big spots anyway. Like, it's just he was over like he was he was in a spot that he couldn't win. And like going from a go go to QT was also just not. Not the best look. This feud lost its juice a while a while ago, and also just like that match, man. That's a really tough match to sell to fans, and I think to do that as the first thing back on the road was just it was certainly a choice, as I wrote, because it was just that like I don't think fans knew the rules. Like it was dead. Like there were I wrote like there were 
October episodes of at Daly's place that were louder and more involved than that match for for the most part. It took Cody just like asking QT to hit him with the strap to like get them off their hands a little bit, but like no one was into that. And that was something I immediately jotted down. I was like, there's no way people are gonna buy into this. This is that why would you start with this? Why would you why would you do this? And um I don't know, it just it seemed like it was dead on arrival and I don't think if you pulled the majority of fans in attendance, they had any idea how the rules worked or why this was happening. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think they could have just started with, uh, you know, Andrade, Matt Seidel. That would have got people going just as fine. And, uh, you mm. well, know, kind of got well, they people have, into it. that match was also a stinker. I, I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if that would have been great either. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. You know, Dynamite, um, it feels like not a ton of people liked the show overall last night. But I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, I was entertained for two hours. It's about all you can ask for. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Like Cody being the first guy out on the return to the road, like was super predictable too, just because mm. of how they've done things forever. So I don't know, you know, um, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm shitting on last night's show. Cause I thought it was a good show by and large. There were some hits and misses, mm-hmm. but like that was just something that they stood out. It, you forgot all about it because guess who came out? Tommy and debuts. Malachi Black, whatever you want to call him, uh, with Cody. So you forget that Cody's night was QT Marshall. And, uh, like, it's good that they were able to cleanse that because the show, by and large, I thought was really good. And this is something else I wanted to pick your brain on, Robert, was that, like, it's kind of amazing. And this just sucks for just pro wrestling fans in general. Um, and I promise this will be, this is a positive. I know it sounds like I'm going to say something negative, but this is a positive in that Kenny Omega and John Moxley are two of the best talents in the world and their primes and they've been healthy they've been able to both be on top they've had these great feuds they've had these great matches but we've missed out on both of their world title runs in the hottest promotion in the country as fans and like with hangman being over and the we want hangman chance and it seems like that's that's where the the wind's blowing is that hangman is going to eventually be aw world champion like omega not having fans for 200 plus days for his reign. I don't even know what the number was for Moxley not having fans and just to, to move on because AEW is so full of people. Like they're so stacked with talent. They've signed too many people. And this is something that I'm going to monitor in the next couple of years. It's just that like, there's just not enough spots. Like there, people are going to get frustrated because there's just no room to move up, but you have orange Cassidy, you have Ray Phoenix, you have Pac, you have Andrade, you have Christian Cage, you have Miro, you have MJF, you have Tommy end, you have jungle boy, you have Darby Allen, you have all these guys who are just sitting there who are next in line. And AW is really good about not putting the title back and forth. And like, once it moved on, like Moxley moved to the tag team division after he failed. And then mm-hmm. you look at Jericho, he hasn't sniffed the title since, moving on from the the belt like he's on and he'll probably never be the world champion again it's just hard to see a scenario where they're back on top and in front of fans for that long ever again in this company because it's just not how they operate and there's just too many other mouths to feed that like i was just i just was thinking about that of like man omega's reign might end before we even really got to experience like what it would have been like with callus and everything else during the last few months and just moxley too of just not seeing the the product of fans losing their minds or fans booing them out of the building like do you get what i'm saying yeah yeah and i mean i think 
a question I have for you based off that. Like, do you think solution is maybe they have some shorter title reigns, you know, now the fans are back just to kind of get more people to title or just kind of stay the course with what they're doing and, you know, move to Hangman, who I assume is up next, and then, you know, maybe don't continually do the six- to eight-month title reigns, but you can have one closer to, like, three months or, yeah. you know. It, there's, it's, there's no easy solution because, mm-hmm. you know, I think people – by and large, you know, like Kenny Omega, they like Moxley with the title, you know, so it's not really a problem. I just think, you know, there are a lot of guys that you'd be like, oh, it'd be cool if that guy was champion someday. Yeah, but, like, they're in their prime, and some of these guys are sneaky older than you would think, but they're going, their contracts will be up in the next couple of years, and they'll be like, hey, I've been here for a while and haven't gotten gotten a world title run. Like, I haven't been able, like, that's going to happen. Like, that's just the nature of the mm-hmm. beast. And that is something I'm just so fascinated to see how this works because when you expand like this and you have so many different people, especially young, talented people, you've got to you gotta throw them some bones. And I don't know if there's enough opportunity across the board for that. Um, it's why I was surprised that Ethan Page chose AEW over NXT because NXT is just right for the taking for the top spot. Like They are so stale at the top of that uh, main event <laughs> scene. And you plug him in, he's so talented. He's immediately the top guy. Like, it, like top interesting main event guy. Like, you saw what happened with Karrion Cross there. Like, he's going to get pulled um, for SmackDown and Raw any any week now. And you you do that. Like, I, I don't know why you went to this area where it's like he's already been lost in the shuffle. Miro got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But that was also because he was uh, released, not because he uh, um, didn't want it to move on from Raw or whatever it was. But... Like I just I I wonder about stuff like that and I I don't know I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. You know, I think Ethan Page is a guy who could be you know TNT champion in the next few months. Um, You know, he's he's done a lot. It's it's weird that you know he came in and was pretty much like. It's it's always tough when you come in as a surprise, especially at AEW, because the expectations I think are so high. Um. And, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, maybe going to NXT would have been better for him, especially because, like you said, they do have kind of a gap at the top now where Cross is leaving, and it looks like, uh, you know, Johnny Gargano is going to get another little run with the title, I would imagine. Um, But at the same time, you know, NXT is pretty crowded, too, if you count everyone in the performance center that will, you know, someday make it to NXT. Yeah. I don't know. I am excited to see what happens here because there's still a lot of a lot of people out there, and I just I don't know. I'll see what happens with Malachi Black, but there is not a lot of room. This is a talented group, and it's only going to get more talented when you see the names cross like on elevation, and you got Rampage coming up. Um, I don't know. I just think it's going to be interesting to see how they manage all these different personalities and all that. But I do think these companies have to look at it. And do you think about this when you're watching these shows each week that Lashley, Omega, Cross, and Roman Reigns are all dominant heel champions across all four shows, and that these like this, that there's not much that they're just doing this because there've been no fans. They don't have to worry about reactions and babyface pops, and people are already struggling to keep up at home anyway. And that they're gonna put more babyfaces over with fans back in attendance, or uh, what? What do you think? Because do. You, I just wonder like how much that hurts ratings and how much that hurts just fan interaction of just being like, man, every show is just about the dominant heel champion. And they're 
they're just everywhere. That's it's all week. It's it's overwhelming for me as a viewer and someone who writes about this stuff and podcasts about this stuff that like my notes just like, man, there are not a lot of baby faces that fans can latch on to right now. No, and I think you're right. You know, it has been a byproduct of not having fans. You know, I think uh, we are close to Hangman winning. I think I wouldn't be surprised personally, um, you know, if they can't work out something with Brock Lesnar to do Brock and Lashley at SummerSlam that, you know, you just pull the trigger and give Kofi the title. Um, oh, I'm pushing bank, for Kofi just, to get you know. the title. I, I Like, he is, he's been so good, and he is so much fun. And just give him the title. Make Raw fun. Like, let Kofi be great on Raw. Why not? He's 39. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to have fans back. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Money in the Bank is really the first show. Or I, they have SmackDown and then Money in the Bank with fans. But, you know, Money in the Bank's first show where you can really do something big and impactful like that that will pop the crowd. And, I mean, you're not going to have Roman lose to Edge, I don't think. Uh, so why not just give Kofi the title there? I, that's what I would do. I, I would just give it to Kofi. Also, I saw somebody post about, like, Biggie being the the next WWE champion, I guess, because he's going to move, and I don't think Roman Reigns is getting pinned, or like unless it's Cena and The Rock, and they throw it to The Rock. And I wrote about that earlier this week about the Reigns Cena Rock stuff, but um, I don't know. I, I don't think Reigns is getting pinned anytime soon. Um, but I am I am curious from your perspective. Who do you think, as of right now, is the better all around talent, Kofi or Biggie? Oh, man, that's tough because, I mean, you know, Biggie is very good, but he does have, you know, a couple of those big man limitations in the mm-hmm. ring where Kofi, you know, doesn't really have the limitations in the ring. And his past couple of weeks promo excellent, too, like stuff we haven't really ever seen from him. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd go with Kofi right now. We're on the same page. I don't think that's the general pro wrestling fan sentiment. I think if you sent that, like, if you put a poll out on your Twitter feed, Robert, I would guess the majority of people would say biggie would be my guess and i just i don't i don't know what kofi doesn't do better than biggie yeah i mean it's it's interesting and i think they are very close like they're both obviously yeah um i don't know we'll we'll have to see what happens there did you have any other major takeaways from last night's episode of dynamite really you know it's nice I'm really excited for uh, WWE to get fans back. Um, it's going to be good stuff, man. I think, you know, there's a kind of a sense of optimism around wrestling right now. I think like they are going to hopefully do cool stuff when fans are back. Um, you know, Tony Khan says they have a lot of surprises. WWE seems to have a lot of surprises coming with, you know, John Cena and, you know, a draft coming up. And maybe I'm just being reeled into being optimistic after the last, you know, 16 months were, by and large, not that good. But I'm looking forward to the next couple months. I'm going to SummerSlam. I'm going to you? Uh, Full Gear in November. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Vegas. I'm excited for that. Are you bringing the uh, going to? You know, probably not just because mm. uh, it's going to be 120 degrees. <laughs> um, be way too warm. But, uh, you know, Full Gear is in St. Louis where I live, so I could have the hat there perhaps. Uh, you know, stay tuned in November. There you go. Um, but, yeah, i in terms of um, Bailey and Edge, I wanted to ask you about this too with Money in the Bank. Who do you think, now that we have Bailey in the last man standing match against Bianca, and then you have Edge ruining Roman Reigns' 
family, going after everybody, uh, going full Frankie Kazarian on the, the tribal chiefs family. Um, who do you think would be a better option to go over at Money in the Bank? Oh, man. I don't, you know, I don't really see, like, either of them, really. Like, I guess Bailey could. And, and, like, if you wanted to do Bianca against Bailey against Sasha at SummerSlam, that would be a fun match. Uh, but I don't see, you know, because it feels like, you know, they're heading towards Edge against Seth Rollins for SummerSlam, which will be yeah. good. You know, I'm looking forward to that. So I guess by that logic, probably Bailey, but I probably wouldn't take the title off Bianca right now. I would put Bailey over. That promo last week was was really good. I thought Bailey came off better than Bianca, but I think the idea that like Bianca walked her like did the baby face thing of just being like, Oh, I'm done with you by giving you another match, but it's gonna be a last woman standing match where it's gonna embarrass you and blah blah blah. But like Bailey was like, Well, I've been doing this for I've been a champion for three hundred plus days. I I've done it, like you haven't done it yet. And I'm just going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And then this is like Bianca like, oh, no, you're not because I'm going to do this. I think that would be a more compelling story for me. Is Bailey actually upsetting Bianca who put this match out there because she was the, the baby face who would defend her title at all lots and put stack the odds and give Bailey this opening. I would uh, that that is what I would do. I would I would flip it and then have Bianca chase Bailey. Um, in front of fans. I think Bianca chasing the title has been more interesting than Bianca with the title. It's funny because it feels like that's kind of always how it goes for a baby mm. face, right? I think it just depends on the character. I think like the road yeah. to like Kofi could have been a lot better. Like I think Daniel Bryan with the title is always, I, I think it's just been fun. I don't think it's as fun as the, the rise of Daniel Bryan, but I don't miss those feelings of just being like, Oh my God, what are they doing here? Um, I mm-hmm. like Roman Reigns with the title a lot more than him chasing it, where they were trying to posit that he was not the guy. Remember the the authority was not not a pro Roman Reigns authority figures. They weren't in on him. Like that stuff was horrible. So I think it just depends. I think by and large you're correct that like the chase is more interesting. But if you're not invested in the person chasing the title, then it's it's usually not. But there are some people that I think are better suited to just carry it. I think Bailey is actually the best suited to hold that belt and to um elevate other people around her but i also just think it would be hilarious with fans and just of like her actually pulling something out like doing some schmozzy finish and letting her like keeping uh, bianca strong but still giving bailey the title back to like show her like hey see i told you i'm a veteran this is why i was champion forever and you uh did not like i think that's a more compelling story and bianca losing her mind after bailey upsetting her i think that would be great yeah, yeah, no, uh, you know, that way I'm sold, man. See, there you go. Uh, hire me. <laughs> Actually, don't. I don't have any interest in writing this these shows. I, I don't have any interest. If you were if you were given an opportunity to write for like Raw or SmackDown, would you take it, Robert? I don't know, man, because you know what? It sounds like it would be like you know, I my it job right now. Fun. I just no, like I, I work from home right now. I mm-hmm. have a set, you know, nine to five every day, Monday to Friday, and it feels like working for WWE, you're putting in like a hundred hours a week and having meetings at like 3 a.m. and then turning around and going back in at like 8 a.m. And no, that's not for me. Yeah. It could be a fun experience, I think, for a couple weeks, but it would get to you. I think so. It's not really like I would do it if I got full control, like the Paul Heyman, <laughs> Eric Bischoff situation. I would do it if I was given full control. <laughs> or, like that's the only way I would do it is like not in the room. 
Uh, maybe that says a lot more about my personality uh, than anything. Just being like, no, I'll just do it myself. If you just give me, co- <laughs> like, let me do it, then yeah. But uh, the back and forth and hearing someone else be like, are we sure we shouldn't push gender to the moon? Are we sure? Like, I don't, I don't know if I can <laughs> handle it in the writer's room of just them. Uh, or them just being like, actually, Drew McIntyre, pretty good. And I'm like, all right, this is not the place for me. I got, I've done my time. I can't do this. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but he's doing a bit on Raw each week, Robert, where he's uh, he's giving history lessons. He's upset about uh, <laughs> former 3MB members running away with his sword. He's also um, got a a very cool guy uh, logo, Scottish warrior on his leather jacket. Um, Drew McIntyre, just the the ultimate babyface. I don't know how anyone couldn't be all in on this character and uh, him as the top guy in Raw. I don't know how people could uh, not see that. Yeah, man, you know, they uh, that draft is going to really do wonders for him, I think. And I think we say that every year there's a draft, but they just they really need to shake things up a little bit, get some new people on Raw, because it's, it's a struggle. I mean, Keith Lee just needs to come back. Like, that'd be nice. Like, yeah. that, that the, the hole that Keith Lee departing left on the main event scene on raw um can't be understated um i yep. think that's that's been one of the bigger problems but also they're getting better i like i think there's all kinds of complications with the riddle stuff but i think he's gonna be super super over um with crowds back and i would not be surprised if he's elevated to top babyface guy status on that show when fans are back but um last thing and we'll go uh robert your Money in the Bank predictions, because we will not talk before uh, Money in the Bank. Do you see any titles changing hands? What What do you think? What do you think happens? Yeah, you know, with Kofi uh, winning the title, you know, that's kind of my bold prediction here. Wait, say that again? Uh, I broke up a little bit. Kofi, uh, Kofi beating Lashley. Okay. And then where do yeah. they go after that? Who's the SummerSlam challenger for Kofi? You know, that's really interesting. Part. I don't know if you do a rematch with Kofi Lashley at SummerSlam or... You know, if Lashley is able to get that match with Brock, then you do that, and maybe... What if you bring back Brock, and you do a whole angle on how Brock beat Kofi in five seconds? See, that'd be cool, too. I'd be I'd be perfectly fine with that. That would be awesome. Um, that would be fun. I yeah. would love that. That would be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested in that. As far as who's winning the briefcase, I think I would go probably with Biggie or Kevin Owens right now, mm. just because they kind of feel like the two guys who can really do the most with it and kind of drag it out for an extended period of time, which they, you know, like to do, uh, like to just have one person have the briefcase for a while. And especially Owens, I think it could really unlock a new level with them. Yeah. Owens. I'm trying to think like who else I would have done. I would have put AJ in and just given it to AJ. AJ is just a heel with the money in the bank briefcase. It's just top notch, <laughs> top notch work. And yeah. I think that would be that'd be great and just have him uh, holding that over everybody else. Um, but who else is in it right now? I, I'm tr- I'm blinking. Who else is actually confirmed? It's, it's Big uh, E, M, uh, Morrison, Riddle, Riddle, McIntyre, uh, Ricochet. Okay. And then two two of uh, Cesaro, Rollins, Nakamura, or Corbin. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess I could see Riddle. I could see them just giving it to Riddle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Riddle is a guy that they have kind of been uh, the past, you know, few months. And uh, I do think he's going to be over with the fans, which is you know, the whole thing to get into another day. Yeah. Um, if 
I think if someone from Raw is going to win it, it's going to be him. I don't think it's going to be Drew. I think they want you to think it's going to be Drew, but I mm. don't see them doing that. No, I hope not for my, my personal <clears throat> mental health. Like, I, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and yeah. he just he needs some time away from the title. I might put the belt on Charlotte Flair over Ray Ripley. See, the interest in that is... If they do that, I think you can be on the lookout perhaps for like a Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch match at SummerSlam. Cause I mean, Becky's clearly coming back and everyone thinks she's going to SmackDown. It seems like SmackDown's match for SummerSlam is going to be, you know, two of Bianca and Bailey and Sasha. Mm-hmm. So there's no spot for her there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Charlotte and Becky, it's a match we've seen a bunch of times, but it's good every time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they want to just have Becky come in and work that, you know, I think people would be cool with it and it would give raw a boost as well. So, and also this rare character is just awful. Like what they're doing. Yeah, they, they, is just so they, bad. They don't know what they're doing with her. And mm-hmm. that's not ideal. No. The good thing about her though, is she's 24. Like they yeah. like it, they, they haven't figured it out now. It's bad right now, but that doesn't mean it's going to be bad forever. They could, they could figure it out later on. We saw this with Becky Lynch. Like it, it could, it's just going to take some time and hopefully they figure it out before too long and they just lose her because they don't know how to use her. Um, all right, Robert. Well, what, uh, what can we check out from you across Twitter? How do we follow you? How do we keep up with your work? What would you like to plug as we wrap up here on this uh, Thursday afternoon? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter at uh, Robert O'Neill 31 and you can just kind of find everything I do there. So we'll just go from there. All right. Robert O'Neill, always a pleasure talking pro wrestling with you, my man. Uh, you have yourself a good rest of your night and a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.